This podcast episode from Oncology Data Advisor was recorded live at the 2023 American Society of Hematology annual meeting in San Diego. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit oncdata.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on social media for more exclusive content and interviews from the meeting. Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kara Smith, and today we're here live at the ASH annual meeting, and I'm joined by Dr. Anamik Royal. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Start off, would you like to introduce yourself and share where your work focuses on? Yeah, well, my name is Anne Boyle, so I work as a hematologist in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. I'm uh, part of the EMN, actually president of the Young EMN, and I'm uh, together with uh, Francesca Guy, uh, the principal investigator of the NICE study that was presented today, the ISKIA study, or EMN24, as we call it in uh, Europe. Great. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing about the results of the, the ISKIA trial, which is of isotuximab, carfilzomib, lenamide, dexamethasone um, for newly diagnosed multiple myeloma. Um, so for background, would you like to tell us a little bit about what the current standard treatment is for transplant-eligible newly diagnosed multiple myeloma, um, as well as what um, the ISKIA trial investigated in this setting? Yes. Um, well, actually, the... the yeah, what we do now as a standard ther therapy is we give uh, a quadruplet uh, therapy, but uh, that was based on the Cassiopeia uh, study, a study that was conducted also in Europe, and that uh, compared actually DARA VTD, the sportesmid telemide on daratumab versus VTD. That led to the EMA approval of DARA VTD, which is actually the current standard. So then you may ask, oh, why then KRD as a standard in this new uh, trial? Well, that is based on the efficacy on the KRD that we know and that we have found already in the Forte trial for example and also other trials like the concept trial was going on looking at Isaac KRD and high-risk patients and we were looking at uh, the efficacy of isotuximab uh, combined with KRD in induction and in consolidation, so after high-dose melphalan stem cell transplantation, but also with the addition of a light maintenance phase of isotuximab, carfilzomib, lenalidomide, and dexamethasone, with the carfilzomib, lenalidomide, and dexamethasone in a lower uh, frequency and a lower or a lower dose. And uh, so the addition of isotuximab was the experimental arm, and we compared it to actually the same as what I just said, but then only KRD. Great. Um, so what was this, uh, what was the study investigating? What was the primary endpoint? The primary endpoint uh, was a uh, quite a novel endpoint, MRD. And um, as you know that a uh, lot of studies still use PFS. Actually, key secondary endpoint in our, study, in our study is of course PFS, because that is still, uh, you know, the main endpoint that is also approved by the EMA, by the FDA to have studies uh, registered. However, we know that with the longer PFS uh, to follow, that's another time point, or sorry, another endpoint is really uh, attractive to use. And so we used MRD uh, with using NGS in the 10 to the minus 5, and also at the 10 to the minus 6, but 10 to the minus 5 was the primary endpoint post-consolidation. Is this unique that MRD was a primary endpoint over uh, survival? Yeah, it is actually quite unique. Uh, many studies actually use it now as a co-primary endpoint. There are studies that use it as a primary endpoint, but uh, yeah, it is hopefully 
as we know, also going towards maybe using MRD as a future uh, accepted endpoint uh, by EMA and FDA. And to not miss that, uh, of course, uh, it is quite new, but um, yeah, it is thinking about the future already. So what were the results of the trial? Did it meet its primary endpoint? Yes, it did uh, meet its primary endpoint. We saw uh, post-consultation with uh, NGS uh, with a sensitivity of 10 to the minus 5 that patients receiving ISAC KRD uh, got to an uh, uh, MRD negativity rate of 77% versus 67% in the KRD arm. And this was statistically significant with a OR, this odds ratio of 1.67. So that's great. What were, what were some of the other you know, interesting or most striking findings in the trial? Well, actually, we saw that we um, have now the opportunity to measure with a uh, sensitivity of 10 to the minus 6 NGS. And uh, then we saw even a higher uh, difference between the ISA KRD and KRD arm, with ISA KRD showing an MRD negativity rate of 67% versus 48%, showing actually that an MRD with a 10 to the minus 6 could even be a stronger predictor for... Uh, outcome, progression-free survival, because that shows a bigger difference uh, in uh, between the ISAC KRD and KRD arm. Absolutely. What did you find to be the most uh, striking result from the trial? Well, the most striking result was actually the effect that uh, ISAC KRD had in all risk groups. And we looked at the risk groups in uh, different ways. We looked at patients that had one uh, high-risk uh, cytogenetic abnormality. And we looked at patients that have two or more high-risk cytogenetic abnormalities. And those are the known uh, cytogenetic abnormalities like deletion 70P, 1416, uh, 414. And uh, added to that also 1Q gain or uh, 1Q amplification. And we saw that patients with one uh, high-risk cytogenetic abnormality actually have the same uh, MRD negativity as the patients that are a standard risk. And that is actually a quite striking uh, already. But even when you look at the patients with two or more risk abnormalities, then we know that they do always worse uh, even if you give quadruplet therapy. And so... Um, we actually saw, although I must say that the numbers are small, but the NGS level or the NGS, so the 10 to the minus 6 rate was the same. It was 77 to 79% in actually the standard to the uh, very high risk group. So that was really striking that even if patients were really high risk, they do perfectly well on Isaac KRD. However, if you compare that to KRD, then you do see a decrease in the rate of MRD negativity uh, um, um, when you go from standard to high risk to very high risk. So that gives the strength of uh, the isotuximab compared of combined with KRD um, uh, makes it very clear. Absolutely, those are very powerful results. Yeah. Um, so to put these into context a little bit, um, how do these compare to you know, other treatments for multiple myeloma and what, what do they mean for the, for the future treatment of multiple myeloma? Well, I think that it's uh, still too early to say, actually because we are looking at MRD data. Um, we do know that MRD correlates with PFS. Right. 
um, we also do see that other quadruple, uh, quadruplet uh, therapies give high uh, MRD rates and those are quite comparable uh, but you know we do not have PFS data and you know as they always say to compare cross, uh, cross trials we do that but it's actually not uh, advisable to do uh, but, but I think that there is um, there could be a place but we have to await the sustained MRD data and uh, also the PFS, uh, actually. I think that the sustained MRD data will already say more, and we hope to have those data maybe in a year from now. Um, but for now, it's, it's, it's too difficult to say uh, how that compares to uh, the, the other very nice results from uh, other studies. Right. Makes sense. Um, so what are um, some of the other next steps for the trial and for, for this regimen? Well, the next steps is to have a longer follow-up. Uh, to look at sustained MRD and to hopefully also have uh, future uh, PFS um, and of course we will have that but then we have to wait longer period but I think that the sustained MRD is uh, something that uh, will already show more in what kind of um, um, uh, position we can see Isaac KRD uh, in the future. Wonderful. Um, anything else you'd like to mention about this trial and its, and its significance? Yeah, well, something that I would like to m mention is the safety because we are always a little bit afraid of carfilzomib and cardiac uh, problems. And of course, we are looking at this quite young population, uh, patients that are transplant eligible, but still there's always the concern from uh, the concern uh, what happens uh, concerning cardiac or trom thromboembolic uh, effects. And actually, this was quite minimal. It was uh, not something that was really obvious. If I uh, uh, look at the data, and it's, it's great, three to four is less than one uh, percent, or yeah, in, in both groups, Isaac ARD or KRD, and at least a lot below five percent in uh, from grade zero to uh, um, to four, and also thromboembolic events are very low and uh, around six to uh, eleven percent, but hardly any grade three to four uh, problems. And neuropathy, that is always the thing that is a problem with um, proteasome inhibitor, cortezomib, lenalidomide, con thalidomide containing regimens, and this is the, this is the one. Uh, Problem we do not see or hardly see with uh, the combination with KRD or ISA KRD, and it is even zero in the grade three to four, and only around 12 to 13 percent in the, the ISA KRD and KRD uh, in the grade one to two. That's very impressive, and that's, yeah, I'm sure is. I'm yeah. sure going forward that will be such a you know comfort in, in using the regimen. It certainly is. Thank you. Great, um, wonderful. Anything else you'd like to mention? It was a really well received talk by the by the whole um, uh, community uh, who was uh, in the, the plenary session, oh, and there's so many people there, so that's really nice to see. Definitely. Well, it's wonderful to hear about the trial. And this is really such a, a great picture you painted of the efficacy and the, the MRD results, and as well as the safety. So thank you for providing such a, a clear picture of all all the sides of it. <laughs> thank you so much.